Welcome to the Calvary Church Podcast. God, we serve. Praise God. Praise God. You may be seated. And uh, again, we are so glad to have each and every one of you with us today. Those of you that are joining us via Facebook Live on the internet, we're glad you're here today as well. And we just invite you to tell your friends and family that they can go to church with Calvary Church of Mount Vernon, Illinois every Sunday. And uh, we just uh, invite you to not be a, an observer, just observing, but be a participator. Worship the Lord right along with us as you tune in to the goings-on here. And God's doing great things here today. God is doing great things around the world. But we need to know that the enemy is uh, as, as much as he can wreaking havoc upon the people of God and his church. Uh, we here in America sometimes, I believe most of the time, really don't understand some of the things that some of God's people have to endure and the things that they have to suffer at the hands of the enemy because they are God's chosen people. He said in this world we would suffer persecution. The kind of persecution I'm talking about we really haven't had here in the United States. Uh, we are very quickly in my lifetime anyways. We have made uh, great changes as far as how the country feels toward Christianity. Uh, I think it's safe to say and most agree with the statement that America really no longer is a Christian nation. Um, we kicked God out of our schools years ago. I was reading again the dates, how long ago it was that prayer and Bible reading was outlawed in our public school system, and uh, our society is paying the price for that. There will come a day, it may not be in my lifetime, it may be, when the persecution of the church may rise to the level that it already has in many parts of the world. We received a letter from the General Superintendent of the United Pentecostal Church International, of which this church is a member. I am a licensed minister with that uh, organization, which, by the way, has over 11,000 uh, licensed ministers just in the U.S. and Canada alone, 4,900 churches, daughter works, and preaching points in the U.S. and Canada, 43,000 churches, daughter works, and preaching points worldwide, five and a half million constituents worldwide. Now, that's not just Pentecostal, not just apostolic, but that's just the United Pentecostal Church uh, organization. There are many other apostolic groups, of course, in the world. And the UPC has uh, works in 199 of the 210 countries in the world. So just 11 countries that do not have a United Pentecostal Church in them, and also 39 territories. But my attention was drawn in the letter to the prayer request that Brother Bernard sent out. 
He said, your prayers and support are urgently needed as the flames of persecution spread across the following nations. Myanmar, I didn't even know this was a country, uh, in Chin State, says, where we have thousands of believers, these are apostolic, Jesus' name, baptized, born again, Holy Ghost filled, speaking in tongue, thousands of believers, Many pastors and saints have been forced to flee for their lives after their homes and churches were set on fire. One beautiful church that had recently been dedicated was burned to the ground. In India, in the state of Manipur, hundreds of believers have had their homes destroyed and churches ransacked and burned due to tribal warfare. These are apostolic Pentecostal folks. Pakistan in the city of Jaranwala. Our pastors and believers watched as churches and homes were broken up and set on fire by angry mobs. Papua New Guinea in the Inga province in the Central Highlands. They've suffered tragic tribal warfare. Although 87 were recently baptized in this newly evangelized area, eight UPC churches were burnt to the ground Five church members were killed, and all residents have fled for their lives because of the truth. And I ask you today, how, how strong is a love for this truth in your heart? It may come to that in this country someday. Don't you disbelieve it. You better not poo-poo it because... If current events are any indication of things that may happen in the future in this country, um, we need to pray. We need to pray. And again, whether it's in my lifetime or not, there's no doubt in my mind it will happen in the lifetimes of some people who are sitting in this room. You better wake up if you're spiritually sleeping and Understand that today is the day of salvation. Today is the accepted time to get right with God and say, God, I want you to be in charge of my life. Amen. I am going to ask you to stand as we go to the word of the Lord today with a, a determination and a burden for the word of God and uh, reading the things that I just read uh, it is very sad. We need to pray. I implore you, please pray for these people that I just read about. And uh, let's not forget our fellow saints, uh, some of whom just recently uh, were saved, apparently, according to the letter. Let's pray for the persecuted children of God around the world. Would you add that to your prayer list? I ask you to do that, please. And, and with the burden and, and the concern that comes from reading that news. I'm going to bring to you today a message that's on uh, the cusp of my heart. Uh, I want to read 1 Peter chapter 1. And uh, it, it, when you read something like that, it makes you stop and think, um, what do I believe? And how strongly do I believe it? You better know the truth. Because it's only the truth that will set you free. So with that said, let's go to 1 Peter 1 and verse 23. 1 Peter chapter 1 and verse number 23. It says, being born again, not of corruptible seed, but of incorruptible by the word of God. 
which liveth and abideth forever. Paul here calls the word of God incorruptible seed. Okay, the seed of the word of God, and it's incorruptible. Verse 24, for all flesh, flesh is as grass, and all the glory of man as the flower of grass. The grass withereth, and the flower thereof falleth away. But the word of the Lord, again, the incorruptible seed, God's word, endureth forever. Say forever. And this is the word which by the gospel is preached unto you. God, I want you to have your way today in this so very important part of this meeting this afternoon. Speak to us what you would say and let us get it. Let us understand it and let us take it and not just put it to the side, but help us to respond to your voice and your words to us today as you would have us to, we pray, according to your will. And we'll thank you for it in Jesus' name. Amen. And God bless you. You may be seated. The Word of God, it's incorruptible. It does not depend on anything else. It cannot be corrupted. It is impossible. Its power, its influence, its mission, it can never be stopped or corrupted by men. Nothing will do it. The Word of God and the power of the Word of God and the effectiveness of the Word of God is dependent on nothing except the Word itself. In other words, God doesn't need you and God doesn't need me. Folks, this is the greatest idea in all of Christianity, that God, because of who and what He is, transcends all things. He is above all things. Brother Paul Mooney said this, God is God and I'm not. Amen. Turn to somebody and say, what are we cooking up anyway? I can, uh, believe it or not, make my way around the kitchen I'm going to say that again. I can make my way around the kitchen a little bit. Uh, at least I won't starve. And um, I'm kind of an analytical kind of guy. And so when it comes to cooking, uh, I'm not creative. I'm not creative about anything. Everything that I know I learned from somebody else. And where do you go to learn how to cook new things. Recipe, right? What? Cookbook. That's right. A cookbook is a collection of recipes or instructions to tell you how to cook these wonderful dishes that you can eat and serve your family. But there's something about uh, cookbooks. Uh, you can have a whole collection of cookbooks. And they won't do you any good unless you know what's in them and you do what's in them. Uh, and if you, if you vary a little bit, now I know I'm talking to some real creative folks here today, especially some of you ladies, and I'm not going to be sexist about this. I'm sure men can make some really, really excellent cooks as well. 
Uh, I, I know I'm talking to some folks that have got in the kitchen before and you started to follow the recipe and you put this in, this in, this in, and you got to thinking, you know, that's not really enough uh, salt. I'm going to put more salt in there. That, it, 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 that's, that's too much of this. Or I tell you what, this ingredient isn't listed, but it'll make it taste better. Now, sometimes that works, but sometimes not, right? Okay, I've got some folks answering me by experience here, the voice of experience. Well, so, so a collection of cookbooks is, is kind of like a collection of ideas, a collection of intellectual theories or principles to live by. It's really not that important uh, in and of itself. It's what you put into practice, in the kitchen and in your life. It's what you cook up. And I think that's a fair question for us to ask, especially at this juncture in, in our history, uh, in, in, in the history of planet Earth. What, what are we cooking up? We as a church, you as an individual, what, what's on the stove, mama? What are you whipping up? What are we having for dinner, I remember hearing and asking that question many times over my lifetime, and it's a fair question. So I want us to think about this today. What are we cooking up in the church? What are we cooking up in this church? Now, the Bible says that there is an incorruptible recipe, so to speak. It's a recipe for living life, and it cannot be influenced by this world. And when you cook it up the right way, according to the recipe of the Word of God, it will satisfy you every time. Amen? It's an amazing thing that God has given us, this salvation so great. He said, whosoever thirsteth and drinks of the water that I shall give him will never thirst again. I, for one, believe the church has been given the perfect recipe, uh, a revelation for living life. Sometimes I, I come to church, and uh, I, I'm sure I'll be taken the wrong way with this by some folk, but that's all right. I, I really don't mean this as criticism. I like technology, and I like new things. Uh, even where church is concerned, I like amplification. I like the fact that I can talk in this wireless mic and not drag a wire behind me all over the platform wherever I want to go. Technology has advanced to the point where I can do that. And I like the latest, latest gadgets and things that help us. I like lights. Uh, some lights, I don't like uh, some of the lights that some churches have adopted. Uh, but but I like PowerPoint. I like trying to make a presentation more appealing. I like having a title slide up there so you can have my thought in your mind all through the sermon. Uh, but it seems like the world always makes a bigger screen than we do. The world always makes uh, better movies than we make. It usually has better music than we have. We're not the Philharmonic Orchestra. Uh, we have singers, and they sing great under the anointing, uh, but some of you may not think that they can compete with the professionals of uh, the music world. Uh, we certainly have a, a preacher here, but I can promise you he can't compete uh, oratorically with most. He's just not all that highly qualified in some ways. But sometimes we want to. We try to whip something up 
that's, that's good or, or even better. We want to make it brighter. We want to make it more colorful. We want to make it more advanced, more sophisticated, more like the world. We want to relate. We, we think if we can whip something up, and churches do this all the time, that's more appealing to people, then let's do it. If we can have a, a better flavor of ice cream or a better pizza, then let, let's put it out there. Let's make it appealing to people. Uh, let, let's tell people we've got the best recipe, the best hamburger in town. Uh, we, we can provide you the best church experience, in other words. But the reality of the situation is, my friend, that the more we work at it, the hungrier we stay. And what I mean by that is it's kind of like life. We think if we could just get another car or another house or another job or a good education, that that would be a recipe for satisfaction and success in our life. But that's not a recipe for success. Some of the most unfulfilled, unhappy people that I know are people with the best education or the best job or who make the most money. But in 2 Corinthians chapter 11 and verse 3, Paul says something so very interesting. Look at it. He says, I fear lest by any means as the serpent beguiled Eve through his subtlety or his trickery, so your mind should be corrupted from the simplicity that is in Christ. What are you saying to us here, Paul? He's saying simply that you don't need to get so involved that you destroy the simplicity that is in Christ. Because at the end of the day, a song that's sung without Jesus isn't really much of a song. Church without the presence of God isn't good church. I don't care how we dress it up, how we put the flash in it and put the big bucks in it if necessary to make it look like some kind of Hollywood production and turn on the lights and crank up the volume and rattle the rafters with the guitars and the latest and greatest sound systems. Without Jesus, you still don't have church without him. It's all for naught. Somehow I believe if we could just come in here and whip up some old-fashioned soul food in this place, if we could just get focused on putting out the real deal, keep it simple, keep it focused on Jesus, keep it focused on the basic things, keep it focused on the one who has the name that is above every name. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. If we could focus on just encouraging the young and the old, the black and the white, the rich and the poor, to come together and let us together praise the King of kings and Lord of lords. I don't want to just follow anything, folks. I want you to know that as your pastor. I'd be, if I were you, I'd say, Pastor, I want to know where you're taking me. And if you're not taking me closer to Jesus, then I don't want to go. If you're not taking me into a a deeper relationship with my God, then I don't want to go. If you're just offering me something for a a sophistication, for, for, for the sake of just being cool, that's not enough. 
because without Jesus, we have no Savior. Without Jesus, we have no life. Without Jesus, you can forget it, my friend. Let me just talk to you for a little while here today. I'm really not against new things. I'm not. My worship pastor, my wife knows that. My sound tech, Brother Terry Pryor, he knows that. But some people will warn you against old school. They'll tell you, well, we don't want to be too old school. And I, I understand that. I get that. And to a degree, I, I agree with that because... Uh, everything changes, and you need to be able to change. And, and I don't want to go back to 45 RPM or even 78 speed records that scratch, and I don't want to go back to 8-track tapes that get all messed up. Some of you are shaking your head. You know what I'm talking about, and some of you are looking at me like, what on earth is he talking about? And I like, I like my cell phone. I wouldn't want to go back to the days before this little computer I carry in my hand. It is such a tremendous tool to me in, in doing the work of God that God has called me to do. And, and you know what? I, I don't want to get rid of my vehicle and go back to the horse and buggy days. Even though 55,000 people a year die in automobile accidents, it's true that people also got killed when they got kicked in the head by their horse. Let's not even talk about the manure issue. So I don't want to go back to the past. I, I like a lot of things that are happening today in the tech world. Most of it, as a matter of fact, and, and, and so forth. I have trouble sometimes figuring out how to work some of the things I buy. But I've got children that help me to do that and a son-in-law. But don't be afraid of some of the things that are called, quote, old, unquote. Because when you look at the cross, it's an old rugged cross. And when you think about the Word of God, it is the forever, never-changing, settled-in-heaven Word of God. It doesn't change. And I believe I can hear God speaking to us out of his word. And he's saying, I am the Lord and I change not. I am the same yesterday, today, and forever. And he's always holy. He's always mighty. He's always powerful. He always has an answer. He's always the healer. Folks, he's not a sometime God. He's an all-the-time God, everyday God, 24-7. Well, somebody clap your hands to the Lord today. Hallelujah. I like new things. We should sing some new songs. But we must never forget that some things are basic. Incorruptible seed is a seed, Paul was saying, that simply cannot be influenced by anything 
There is a word, my friend. There is a gospel, a message, a salvation that is forever settled. And it does not change from generation to generation. It remains the same. One Lord, one faith, one baptism is just as relevant today as it was in the days of the apostle. There's none other name. It's still that way. Under heaven, given among men, whereby we must be saved. That is an absolute truth. The apostles preached it, and it's still applicable to every breathing person in this place this afternoon. And the fact that we need the Holy Ghost is a truth that is absolutely more than real than it's ever been before. Because this generation doesn't need less Jesus. They need more Jesus. We don't need less Holy Ghost. We need more Holy Ghost. So pardon me a moment if I'm not going to substitute anything for the real Holy Ghost. They talked in tongues when they got it in the Bible. And we talk in tongues today when it comes. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Your personality is not going to get you where you need to go. Your talent, your education, your intellect. You need the Spirit of Christ. The Bible says without it, that's the Holy Ghost. We're none of His. No Jesus, no salvation, no truth, no revelation. If there's no Jesus, then there's nothing divine. And where are we anyway? Flesh can show up for church. That's why you uh, see me as a pastor push for you to praise and worship because that's what attracts God's presence. And if we come to a church service and don't have God's presence, I don't care about being here. Now, I'd probably come to worship God anyway because that's the right thing to do. But if he doesn't show up with his presence manifested in our midst, then why are we here? So, I'm asking you, crucify your flesh when you come to church. Praise God anyhow. Bless God anyhow. In everything, give Him thanks anything, anyhow. So, the Bible uses this word incorruptible, meaning that it is not changeable. It can't be changed. It can't be altered. You can't take Jesus put Jesus in the recipe and, and reach over here and add in something that's not in the cookbook. You can't reach over here and take off the shelf, for example, Islam and put it in the mix and make it better. I, I heard of a preacher recently, a Christian preacher. He was an apostolic, I'm sure. But he said this, we want all faiths to come to our church which we do. We want everybody, no matter what race, ethnicity, income level, or religion they may adhere to. We want everybody to come and find the truth. But he didn't stop there. He went on to say, we're going to borrow some things from the Buddhist, and we're going to borrow some things from the Hindus, and borrow some things from the Muslims. And I'm like, what are you going to borrow? 
Just what are you trying to cook up? What's happening in the hearts of people that think that they can bring Hollywood into the church and somehow make church better? Or you can somehow bring technology in the church and substitute that for some of the old things, which that isn't true, by the way. There's nothing wrong with an electronic keyboard and an organ. There's nothing wrong with the overhead screen or technology to help us sound better. But I'm going to preach it anyway. Some people, I know they're going to miss the point, but let me say this anyway. I'm going to take you back to the Azusa Street Revival at the turn of the last century, a little over 100 years ago. There was no choir at Azusa Street. Revival that lasted for several years. There were no instruments at Azusa Street, no piano, no organ, no drums, no guitar, not even a tambourine at Azusa Street. You say, well, what kind of church did they have? They gathered together and prayed. Hallelujah. And they prayed until the Holy Ghost fell. That's a documental documentable fact and it went on for six years without having any musical instruments did they sing yeah they sang and they prayed and they worshiped but they did not depend on the artificial to get them where they wanted to go they instead were seeking after nothing but the sweet 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 presence of the holy ghost in that place Because somebody had the brains to know we've already been down the education road. We've already been down the the money road. And those things didn't get the job done. Just get us in touch with Jesus. Hallelujah. Now hear me, ladies and gentlemen. Don't think that education or a better job is going to get you where you need to go in life or solve your problems. Don't ever think that you're saved because of those things. Let me just throw something else at you. Mystical healers are not going to get you where you want to go. They can't heal your broken heart. Astrology can't heal your broken heart. I'm going to even go out on a limb. Some of you will think I am when I say psychology and psychiatry can't give you the answers to the questions down in your soul. What you need is the Holy Ghost. And you better discover somewhere at the end of the day that God doesn't really care whether you're black or white or fat or skinny or blue or green. What he's looking for is somebody that will come into church and say, give me Jesus. Give me Jesus. Let his faith touch me. Let his power touch me. Let his healing touch me. I need Jesus in my life. Come on, Calvary. How many of you really want an apostolic revival in this city? And you want this church to be a part of it? Revival in this community, in this neighborhood, in your family. I am hoping and I am praying that God will take this church to the place where someday we won't even be able to get past the opening prayer sometimes because His Spirit will fall and we won't ever have to crank it up and say, come on church, we know how to do this. Hallelujah. 
I'm telling you, folks, I want the presence of God to fall like never before. But it's not going to come just because he wants it to come and because I want it to come and you want it to come. Because we're going to have to do the recipe right. That's why when the pastor says, come on, let's worship the Lord. Let's press through this. Just do it. That's why, that's why some of you, uh, all physical limitations put to the side. You know what that means? Some of you who sit through the entire sermon need to quit doing that. If you believe what the preacher's saying, you need to be on your feet sometime during the sermon. That's not to build me up. That's not for me to hear good sermon preacher or stroke my ego. God sees that. The Bible says where there is unity, God commands the blessing. If you believe we're cooking up the right stuff, then you need to amen the preacher, some of you, way more than you do. This is a Pentecostal apostolic church. Hello? We believe in Jesus' name baptism. We're not like some of the other churches in town. You either love the truth or you don't love the truth. You either love it all the time or you don't love it. As every head is bowed and every eye closed. I want you to I want you to think about two things in the closing moments of this service. I want you to think about your own heart, your own life. I want you to think about this church. If you're a member of this church, what do you want to see happen in this church in the next five years? Do you want there to be revival? Do you want this church to be the instrument of God that changes this city? Do you want it to be like I just described a moment ago in this church? Do you want to come in here and like Solomon of old, dedicating the temple, the preacher not even be able to stand up and preach because of the presence of the Lord so heavy in the place? Would you like to see sinners run into the altar under conviction before the sermon is even over, crying out, my God, my God, I need you. If you want this to be that kind of church, let me ask you a question. Do you think you need to change anything about your life, your habits, your worship habits, your prayer life, your amen in the preacher? But really what I want to get to is you as an individual, where are you, where are you today? What are you cooking up in your life anyway? Are you sold out to Jesus? Is Jesus everything to you? Or is he just another book on the bookshelf called life? And you pull out the book of Jesus on Sunday and come to church and the rest of the week, uh, not so much. Oh, I still love God, but, you know, I, I, I'm going to maintain a certain amount of control of my life. That's not how Jesus says he wants you to serve him. He really wants it to be all or nothing, 100%. What are you cooking up in your life? I'm going to ask those of you that really want 
Jesus the will of God in your life and him to have full control of your life. And if nobody comes, then so be it. I'm not going to beg you. If you want Jesus to be in full control of what you're cooking up in your life and where your life is going and what it's going to be, I want you to make your way down to this altar and have a conversation with him and let him know that. I think he's worthy of that. I think he's deserving of that. Do you want to make the full commitment? Now's the time. Now's the time. Thank you for listening to the Calvary Church Podcast. Calvary Church is located at 406 North 44th Street in Mount Vernon, Illinois. Service times are Sunday school at 1 p.m. every Sunday, except the last Sunday of each month, and worship service at 2 p.m. Also, we have an all-church service at 6.30 p.m. on Wednesday. Calvary Church is affiliated with the United Pentecostal Church International. Thank you and have a blessed day.